Would you turn with me to two openings this morning? Two openings, Romans the 8th chapter and 2 Corinthians the 13th chapter. Romans 8, 2 Corinthians 13. If you've been here with us on the last, I guess, uh, last three or so Sunday mornings, then you know that we've been teaching on the subject of the Spirit-led life. The Spirit-led life. And we've been, uh, I believe, by direction from the Lord, teaching and ministering on how you and I can be led and directed, guided by the Holy Spirit. And even if you have learned some things, how many believe you could get better at being Spirit-led? And even if this is a foreign concept to you, then it can become a normal way of life. Said out loud, spirit-led life. All Christians should live this kind of life. So look with me in our scripture at uh, Romans 8. Then we'll go directly to 2 Corinthians. And let's pray before we read these verses. Father, we thank you again. For all your blessings, all your benefits, how good you are to us. Thank you for giving us your holy, your precious living word. Your word is life to us, enlightens our eyes, health and medicine to all of our flesh. Quicken us with your word this morning, we pray. Thank you for giving to us the the blessed Holy Spirit, whom you've sent to indwell us and to be our guide and our teacher. Enable us to be more aware of Him and to respond better to Him who is your own Spirit. And we'll give you the glory and give you the praise in Jesus' name. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but doers of the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. In Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 14. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So can sons of God, and that includes male sons and female sons, all are called sons of God. Can sons of God expect to be led by the Spirit of God? You know, as a church, we've been reading the Bible through uh, one chapter from the New Testament every day, Monday through Friday. Right? Am I correct in saying that everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter? Amen. Monday through Friday. And it's interesting if you'll do that, just one chapter from the New Testament, Monday through Friday, in one year's time, you have read the New Testament through. And it doesn't take, doesn't take that long. And you know, a lot of times people say, well, yeah, I read the Bible, but they'll go weeks and, and weeks and don't read anything. And then they're supposed to read a bunch at one time. Learn this. Intense effort doesn't reach the goal. It's consistency. I said it's consistency. And it's not about breaking records. Well, I'm going to pray for 14 days without stopping. I'm going to read the whole Bible down through at one sitting. I doubt it. And it, it does no good to do something extreme for a few days and then go months and do nothing. 
People must learn that about even about their body. You know, they're going to starve their self for several days and then pig out for two weeks. I mean, <laughs> you'd have been better off just with some degree of moderation. And, and, and you know, try to exercise and make themselves so sore they can't move. And just get sick almost or hurt themselves, injure themselves. When that, that does you no good, that hurts you. You'd have been better off just walking around the house. But doing it every day. I mean, what I'm talking about, 10 minutes or something, but do it every day with consistency. That's what gets you to your goals. Not trying to do some extreme thing, but doing something consistent. People say, well, that's harder. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But it's what works. And so we've been reading in the book of Acts, which is the Holy Ghost book. And have you noticed, I ask you to notice, and, and have you noticed how real the Holy Spirit was to them. I mean, every other page says, the Spirit said this. The Spirit did this. The Spirit led them to go here. Told them, don't go here. Right? It seemed good to the Holy Ghost. He was very, very real to them in day-to-day living and operation. He should be that real to us. Right? Can children of God hear from the Spirit of God? Can they be led and directed and guided in the affairs of life by the Spirit of God who dwells within? Amen. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But it doesn't just happen, you know, by accident. It doesn't just fall on you. That We have a part to play in growing more sensitive and being better led by Him. You know, Phyllis and I have endeavored to to walk the Spirit-led life for a couple of decades now. And, uh, you know... Man, you just, things become normal to you. And, and you begin to think, well, what do people do that don't even try to be led by the Spirit? Well, they mess up, is what they do. They make mistake after mistake, and they waste money, and they waste time, and frustrate themselves, and a lot of time die prematurely. I'm telling you, you know, being Spirit-led can save your life on any given day. You know, so many times the difference between a fatal accident, automobile accident uh, by a drunk driver or some other silly thing, crazy thing or foolish thing at an intersection amounts to you being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You understand that? And the Spirit of God can check you. You're all ready to go. He says, no, just go back in there and sit down for 10 minutes. Read your chapter. <laughs> no, I'm too busy. I'm in, I'm in such a hurry. I gotta get there. Well, you're no good to anybody if you're dead. <laughs> On the earth. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about? That kind of thing has happened in Phyllis's my life again and again and again. In flying. I, I don't know at the times. Just in a few years that the Lord's checked me. No, don't go. Don't go now. Don't go there. And sometimes people say, why? I don't know why. I don't have to know why. He knows why. Just obey him. Just follow him. And usually, not all the time, but usually later on, you see why. You see why. We were flying over to a a place on the West Coast. This is a few years ago. And it was in the middle of the summertime. Was it August or something like that? And uh, we had planned on stopping at this certain airport and getting fuel and then going on. Well, our winds were 
better than expected. We're making better time. We're doing about 430 miles an hour. I like that. Smoking. And uh, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, you know, forget 65 miles an hour. I'm... But uh, anyway, uh, this was a two-pilot operation, and I was captain on this one. And I told the guy, I said, you know, because the further we went, trip took, I don't know, three hours or something. And the further we went, I kept thinking, don't stop there. Well, that's one good thing about flying your own plane. You can make changes, you know. And uh, so uh, I, I talked to the co-pilot because it's, it's a little bit further to go to the other place. But we checked our fuel and everything was looking good. And he said, well, you the boss. He said, you just say. And I said, well, let's just don't go there. So we called up ATC. We changed our destination. And we got on the ground. Everything seems fine, you know. Why did you go there? And uh, found out the next day that that place had gotten so hot that the planes landing, their tires were sinking into the asphalt and causing problems. Well, we just missed all that. Well, how would you have known that? Couldn't have known so because it was just happening, you know, right then. And, and uh, there are things like that every day in your life, in my life. If we'll learn to be led by the Spirit, Amen. we'll miss problems. We'll be spared accidents and even damaging and crippling and devastating things. And how many understand you never invested and lost money being led by the Spirit? You did that on your own. Right? That's right. If you lost money on it, the Holy Ghost didn't lead you to do that. That was you. Following somebody's advice or your own or that. And do you understand? People are led and directed in life by all kinds of things other than being led by the Spirit. People are led by their intellect. And I don't care how brilliant you think you are. You're not smart enough to guide your own life. Many people think they are. They try to. And they live by their wits. And they also have all kind of sorrow and problems as a result. How many will admit you are not smart enough to run your life? Hmm? You should. You need help. Look at your neighbor. Tell him you need help. Now you tell them back, you say, I have help. I have, we're talking about divine help. The Holy Ghost help. But you've got to decide, I'm not making all my own decisions by my head. Many, many, many people, Christians included, are head led. Right? What do I do? So they check their head. What do I think I ought to do? In all my vast knowledge and understanding, what what conclusion do I come to? I know concerning a big decision in ministry some years ago. uh, You know, the reason we're here in Branson was no other reason than the leading of the Holy Spirit. I mean no other reason. It wasn't because of money. It wasn't because of the town. It wasn't because I thought it was a great chance to grow in ministry. None of those things. Just that. Just that. How would you know that, Brother Keith? We prayed. 
And we checked our hearts. And we checked it again. We checked it again. Well, several years prior to that, this situation I'm thinking about, a big decision was in front of us. And uh, I was doing some extra praying about it. Which, this is getting ahead of myself a little bit. But somebody said, what, why praying? Well, the Holy Ghost leads you through your own spirit. And the more aware of your own spirit you are, the more aware of his spirit you'll be. So doing things like praying in the spirit makes you more sensitive and more aware of the Holy Spirit who lives in your spirit. If you didn't get all that, don't be concerned. I'm going to go over it in detail later. But that's what I was doing. Excuse me. No, I wasn't doing that enough. I was thinking about the, the issue. And I thought about it. And I thought about it. And the more I thought about it, the more it bothered me that I didn't know. So I'd think about it some more. And sometimes I'd just sit for, for hours and think about it. I couldn't figure it out. The more I thought about it, the more uncomfortable I felt. So I'm losing my joy. And I'm losing my peace. I did this for a few days. Now maybe you're quicker than I am. I don't know. <laughs> For a few days. And finally I'm, I'm laying on the, across the bed one, one evening. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice. But inside me distinctly. Can sons of God be led by the Spirit of God? Yes. Well how did these people in the book of Acts. How did they know what to do? How did they hear him? Can we have the same thing? Yes. Yeah. And in, inside myself. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said don't think. Pray. I thought, boy, that's a novel idea. <laughs> don't, don't think. Now, he's not telling me never think. Right. You know, I've heard people say, oh, I wish I could just, I, you know, I wish the Lord, I could just take my mind away. And, and so I just, you know, he just possessed me and take me over. Never going to happen. You're talking about the devil type stuff there. The devil wants to control you. God doesn't want to control you. Did you hear me? He wants you to willingly follow him. The Lord has never made anybody get saved or made anybody obey him. And he's not going to start with you. I just wish the Lord would just take me over and and just, Lord, just make me do everything I'm supposed to do. Not going to happen. No, he made, he gave you a will. You have to choose. And he gave you a mind. He expects you to use it. But don't limit yourself to your feeble brain and your small mind. Well, my mind's not small. I have vast intellect. Yeah, (laughs) you think. (laughs) Compared to the Holy Ghost, you are Ned in the first reader. (laughs) You might know what that is. That's... You ain't first grade, you're preschool. And the the Lord began to do him. He said, don't just sit here and think, pray. Now, how are you going to pray about what you don't know? That's part of my problem. I don't know. Oh, thank God. In Romans 8, he says, the Spirit helps our infirmities. 
our weaknesses, our inabilities, our shortcomings. He makes intercession for us according to the will of God. Amen? But he does it with us and through us. This involves praying in the Spirit. So I got to lay in there and praying in other tongues. I still don't know what to do in my mind, but Lord, help me. Help me pray about this. Don't just think, pray. So I'm praying in this. How do you pray about what you don't know? Thank God in the Holy Ghost in tongues you can. And so I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for some time about it. And when I got through, I spent some time praying about it. Man, I felt good about the thing. And still didn't have a clue in my head. But you don't have to. This is walking by faith. Well, well, well what are we going to do? The Lord will show us. We prayed it out. Amen. Mysteries prayed out brings revelation. It'll cause it to come. Because when you're praying and speaking, uh, he says you're speaking mysteries. Your head doesn't know. The devil doesn't know. That's why he's so anti-tongues. I said that's why the devil is so anti-tongues. is because it's one of God's secret weapons. He can't get in on it. He can't mess it up. Your head doesn't mess it up. You're praying right out of your spirit. Praying the will of God. Is it valuable? Oh, yeah. You must say, well, I don't pray like that. Well, just keep hanging around here. (laughs) And you will before long. Well, I just don't know if it's for everybody. It is for every believer. No matter what you may have heard, belongs to every Christian. God wouldn't give me... And all these people nodding their heads saying amen. This valuable ability to commune with him and pray with him. And deprive it from you who need it just as much as us. He's no respecter of persons. Go to 2 Corinthians the 13th chapter. People are head led. What what did Proverbs say? Anybody remember Proverbs 3? Trust in the Lord with all of your So that gives you a clue as to where Holy Ghost leading is going to come from. It's going to come through your own heart. That's not your physical blood pump. That's the core, the center of your being. Or we could say your spirit. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own. Everybody say lean not. not. Don't lean on your own understanding. Let's say that out loud three times together. Don't lean on your own understanding. Again, don't lean on your own understanding. Now, lean means depend. So let's say it like that. Don't depend on your own understanding. Well, then what do you depend on? We depend on the greater one on the inside of us to let us know what to do. Oh, hallelujah. We're making progress, friends. We're making progress. Just seeing this is life changing. Just seeing this and getting clear that I can live and make my decisions by some other means than my own understanding is a revolution. Many people live and die and never even see this, much less develop in it. Oh, but those that do. Those that do miss problem after problem after problem and are at the right place at the right time again and again and again. And they get in on things that other people just dream about. I've had people tell us just in the last 10 years of our life, there's some amazing things have happened. 
I mean, you guys know about the church. I mean, but there's been other things beside that. And people have said, man, you are smart, Brother Keith. I said, no, no. How'd you know to do that and do that there and do that at this time and do that this way? They said, man, you're smart. I said, no, you're giving me too much credit. It's the Holy Ghost. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. He just let me show up and I showed up. And all these great things started happening. Amen. Just had enough sense to obey him. And some financial things that have gone really good for us. People say, oh, that's smart, Brother Keith. How did you figure that out? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I just prayed and asked him what to do and expected him to show me. And maybe it didn't happen that day or the next day, but eventually he showed me what to do. Sometimes riding on my motorcycle. Yeah. (laughs) Blowing some leaves off the road. Checking out the new pipes. Oh, yeah. And see something. And just know what to do. Well, see, I I didn't figure it out. I'm killing bugs. But the Holy Ghost never leaves you. He's always there. In the shower. Shaving. In the garage. On the motorcycle. Anywhere. He's there. And He will help you. He'll teach you. He'll show if, if, everybody say if, 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 big if, if you learn to look and check. And if you learn to listen, right, which we are doing, I tell you what, Faith Life Church going to be one of the most spirit led churches in the world. Amen. Faith Life people are going to wind up at the right place at the right time again and again and are going to make more money seemingly accidentally than some people do on purpose. You watch and see. We're going to have many, many millionaires in this church. I'm looking at some of them. You could have shouted more on that. That's not just Brother Keith talking. Did you hear that? I'm speaking by the anointing. We're going to have many millionaires in this church. And I'm looking at some of them right now. A number of them are here today. Mrs. No, I'm not. You will be. If you'll just stay hooked and be led. As simple as, as, as you know, the Lord says, all right, invest this right here. And you go, okay. All right, now sell. Okay. All right, now go over here and buy this. Okay. Don't sell it now. All right. Yeah, but everybody else is selling. Yep, you hold on to your. Okay. Hold on to it five years, ten years. Now sell. Yeah, but nobody else is selling. Sell. Yes, sir. You know, all the folk on Wall Street want to know these things. But this is not available to selfish people. One thing about the things of God, they cannot be abused, these kind of things. Because selfish folk won't get these kind of things. If your only motive is just to build your own kingdom, you're not going to be sensitive. You're not going to grow like this. But when you get interested in God's kingdom, and you're interested in seeking first... 
his kingdom and his righteousness, you get on the same page with him. Then what he, some of what he knows becomes available to you. Amen. You become more one with him. Can you say amen? And the, and the great thing about it is you get side benefits. If you'll let God flow a million through you to the kingdom, are you kidding? You think he's going to let you stay broke personally? When he knows anything he gives you, you'll turn it loose. It can flow right through you. One thing about a pipe that's always pumping water, it's always full of water. Think about that one. I said, man, that pipe is, you know, a thousand gallons an hour fluid. Yeah, but there's always a thousand gallons in it at any given time. Second Corinthians, are you there? 13. Some folk need to write that down, what we just said about millionaires, because that was not Keith. I didn't just say that because I decided to. If the Lord spoke that to you, you need to claim that for yourself. Write it down. Date it. It's uh, October the 12th. Is that right? At 11.30 or so. The Lord spoke that to you. If that bears witness with your spirit. 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. He said, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Here we see three persons in God, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and we see three aspects of relationship with them, grace of the Lord Jesus, love of God, and the what? Communion. Everybody say communion. Now communion means fellowship. We spent a couple of sessions talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Well, you don't fellowship with an inanimate object. You can't fellowship with that chair. You appreciate the chair, but you can't. You say, oh, chair, I like you. You chair, And, and the chair is never going to respond and like you back. Well, people talk about the Holy Ghost as some impersonal entity. Well, what is it? No, it is him. Right? Him. And if you weren't here for that, you might pick up the tapes or something. We went into detail about how many times Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit with personal masculine pronouns. He, him, his, repeatedly. It is improper to refer to the Holy Spirit as it. Any more than I'd refer to Brother Dave Vaughn as it. Well, there it is, sitting on the chair. Well, we need Brother Dave to do something. Well, call it and tell it to come. <laughs> See, that don't even sound right, does it? No. How'd Brother Keith do in the service? Well, it did okay. Oh. Well, then don't refer to the Holy Spirit as it. And we went into some detail about how, looking at scriptures, how the, uh, what constitutes being a person. A person has a mind, has will, and has feelings and responses and actions does the Holy Spirit have all these? We've already established He has a mind. If you were here last week. And we already established that uh, He has a will. We looked at Scripture about that. Let's go on today to talk about does the Holy Spirit have emotions, for lack of a better word. 
emotions or feelings? Does the Holy Spirit respond to what we do or don't do? Should we respond to Him? Well, response is a fellowship, communion thing between persons. Right? Can we know the Holy Ghost? Go back to John 14, please. John 14. Is he a knowable person? Can you get to know him just like you know your husband or wife or brother or sister or or friend? Can you know him like a human person? Yes, you can. And even more intimately. John 14. John 14 and verse uh, 16. John 14, 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Well, who was the first comforter? Jesus was. So can we learn a lot about our relationship with our comforter by comparing it to the disciples' relationship with Jesus? Yeah, so much you can learn. He said, another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost is never going to leave you? Never, not in this life, not in the next, never. You can't go, we, we looked at that last week about the deity of the Holy Spirit. Where can you go and get away from the presence of the Lord? First of all, who would want to get away from the, not smart people, but you can't go anywhere where he's not. Sometimes people say, well, this is a godless place. Well, no, he's there. I said, he's there. He may not be in manifestation very much because people may not be acknowledging him or giving place to him, but he's there. And for one thing, when you got off the plane, he got off with you. Huh? Think about it. Everywhere you go, he goes because he's in you. When you walk in the room, God walks in the room. Of course, he was already there too. He said... Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, why can it not receive him? Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Why is the world not spirit-led? Two reasons. And really this is the same two reasons why Christians are not spirit-led. They could be, they should be, but it's the same two reasons. Why are people not even saved, not spirit-led? They don't see. Now, we're not talking about physically seeing the unseen one. We say it like this. They're not aware of. They're not aware of the Holy Spirit, and they don't what? They don't know the Holy Spirit. Well, if you and I as Christians are going to be spirit-led, we must be aware of him. We must see him. Right? Be aware of him. And we must uh, come progressively over a period of time to know him. You wake up in the morning and you say, morning, Holy Spirit. And you know you're making progress when you can realize he says back to you. Morning, Susie. Bobby, Joe. Hmm? I said, what do you mean? You're talking about hearing voices? No, I'm not talking about hearing voices. I'm talking about knowing something inside you. See, people look for the spectacular. 
They want to see something with their eyes. They want to hear something with their ears. But God is not flesh. The Holy Spirit is not flesh. He's spirit. Amen. Say it out loud. I must be aware of him. And I must come to know him. Well, let's, let's touch on then some of what we might call emotions. I, that's not really the best word. But uh, you know what I'm talking about. Feelings, responses. Some people think that God is emotionless. They think he is very stoical. Sto- or for Star Trek fans, Vulcan. Anybody ever watch Star Trek? As a boy, I grew up watching Star Trek. Well, uh, Spock was Vulcan. And what did that mean? No emotions, just logic. Right? He was above getting mad, getting glad, getting sad. Well, that's not a modern concept. That's a very, very old concept. It's called uh, Stoicism. It was founded by Zeno 300 years before Christ. And he held that a wise man should be free from passion, unmoved by joy or grief. Well, see, that's where the Spock idea came from. It's very, very old. One apparently indifferent to pleasure or pain. Apathetic, dry, matter of fact, detached. Indifferent. Well, that's the way a lot of people believe God is. They believe he created this planet. He gave it a spin. And he really could care less. He's completely detached from it. And all of the grief or the sorrow or the joy in the world, he's untouched by. He's never, you know, people picture God on the throne. Oh. Long white beard, sitting on the throne, never mad, never glad, never sad, just stoic. Not true. I said not true. For one thing, he's not old. God's never aged a day in, in his existence. He's not old. Ain't nobody in heaven old. There are no old people in heaven. (laughs) Soon and very soon, you and I will age no more. No more wrinkles. No more lost hair. No more weight problems. No more pains and aches. Somebody say glory. (laughs) Won't be long. Won't be long. But God is not old and God is not expressionless. We have numerous scriptures that shows us God gets mad. He gets happy. He can be grieved. Right? His spirit is this way. Many things specifically stated about the spirit. Let me read some of them to you. Let's think about it. God has a soul. Let me see. He said God had soul? No. 
I said, God has a soul. He has a soul. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm just going to go through several things. Don't try to turn there, but if you want to write some of these down, you can. Jeremiah 32:41. The Lord said, "With my whole heart and my whole soul, I will plant them." Jeremiah 32:41. Does God have a soul? He said he did. He talks about his soul in Jeremiah 12:7. Jeremiah 12:7. But listen. The Bible said that God grieves. In Judges 10:16, he said his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. His soul was grieved. Judges 10:16. Don't you remember the Bible said about Jesus our high priest that he is touched with the feelings. Did you hear that? Feelings of our infirmities. But now let me just stop right here. Is he feeling led? No, he's not. But is he touched by the feelings? Yeah. Well, should you be that way? You're not feeling less, but you're not feeling led. Oh, friends, this is groundbreaking territory. If you can get this and not just let it go in one ear and out the other. Should you be head led? No, you should be spirit led. Should you be feeling led? Many people are. Many people are. I, I, I know in my own life and ministry, there are several times I had strong feelings about some things. And if I'd have followed those feelings, I'd have jumped out of the will of God. Man, I felt like, you know, saying, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do something else. Or I'm not doing this anymore. And you can have very strong feelings. And how many times people have quit jobs, left churches, jumped out of marriages. Did you hear me? Every other thing. Why? Because, hey, I've had it with this. I don't have to take this. I don't have to put up with this. And they clean their desk out and grab their tools and they're gone and jump out of the will of God. I don't have to put up with this. I'm not anybody's doormat. I don't like this. I don't have to listen to this and get up and leave. Well, now, if the head of the church says you're supposed to stay, then you are supposed to stay. But you're not going to be spirit-led if you are so preoccupied with how I feel about this. (laughs) My mama used to tell us all the time. We'd say, but mama, I, I don't feel. She said, well, you're old enough now to know your feelings don't hurt you. <laughs> I feel. She said, well, I want to hear about you. Feel? You feel. Feelings are a dime a dozen. It ain't about you feel. I feel. But we live in a society of touchy-feely people. Wear their feelings on their cuff. You look at them sideways or don't look at them enough. Or whatever other thing. Well, they they hurt my feelings. Well, maybe you ought to grow up. And not be so easily offended and hurt. Well, yeah, but they they did this. And they weren't weren't there for me. And and they didn't do this. Or or they did this. And and so I'm not going over there anymore. And 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 I'm I'm, I'm leaving him. He don't appreciate me. And and when when I'm doing this. 
feeling led, not spirit led, which means you're going to miss God. So many people never develop like they should as a Christian because they don't stay where they're assigned. Did you hear me? They're jumping and moving, bouncing around. You know people bounce from church to church. Everybody's not supposed to be at this church. I know that. And if the Lord leads you from here to another church and it's him leading you, wonderful. I wouldn't want you to stay. Did you hear me? But we got masses of people moving all around and they're not led by the Spirit. They're looking for something new. Or the honeymoon was over. New war off. Or, or what, whatever. Or just looking for something. The Bible said in the last days that people would heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They want people to scratch their ears. What does that mean? Tell me what I want to hear. Right? Oh, I didn't want to hear that. I'm leaving. Well, just jump out of the will of God then. And miss God and be miserable. And never reach your full potential. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't proclaim to tell you that we followed God 100% on everything. I don't presume to say that. But there are several things that we were able by the grace of God to stay put where he told us and do what he told us even through discomfort and even through, you know, a numerous times of feelings. But we didn't just jump. We stayed hooked. Amen. Until the Lord says, do something else. And friend, looking back now, you see, boy, if you hadn't have done it, if you hadn't have done it, you would not have developed and you wouldn't have been ready for the next step and you would have missed God's perfect plan and will for your life. Is it important to be led by the Spirit? Not by your feelings. Not by your head. Not by your feelings. Say it out loud. I am not led by my head. I'm not led by my feelings. I'm led... By the Holy Spirit inside me every day. Now talk like that all the time. And when you get all stirred up about something and you have all these tremendous feelings, realize that's not direction. That's just how you feel. That's not direction. Are we to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ? Is there a captain of your salvation? Are we being led? Do we get orders from headquarters? Then when you get assigned to a place, you can't just rewrite your orders on your own. Sometimes the best you can do is come fall across the bed and put in a request for a transfer. Oh God, would you let me move? Would you transfer me? And most of the time it comes back denied. Most of the time. So now what you going to do? You're either going to rebel and do your own thing and be led by your feelings and by your desires. Or you're going to stand up and be a man or be a woman of God and tighten up your belt. Amen. Amen. And grab your feelings and say, feelings, lay down. (laughs) Head shut up. I know in my heart what to do. And that's what I'm going to do. Amen. And you'll find there will be grace to do it. That's how marriages stay together. That's how families stay together. 
That's how churches and ministries stay together. How many understand it'd be a different world if everybody in the church was led by the Spirit? Oh, you wouldn't have a fraction of the stuff going on that's going on. My, my, y'all listen so good. God can be grieved. He can be hurt. In Ezekiel 6, 9, he said, I am broken with their whorish heart. His people had forsaken him and run after idols. And God said, it broke my heart. God said. Did you hear that? God said. It, somebody said, that sounds like us. Well, who do you think you're made after? Hey, well, you're just trying to make God like us. No, he made us like him. Did you hear this now? If I take two of these chairs and I lift them up and I say, this chair is exactly like this chair. But this chair is not like this chair. Does that work? It does not work. If this chair is like this chair, then this chair has to be like this chair. If we're like God, he has to be like us. I got three nods. See, that sounds funny to our well worn no, Brother Keith. Are we made in His likeness and image? Then He has to be something like us. Of course, minus all the perverse and messed up stuff. Right? Because He's perfect. But we're made in His likeness and image. Why can we be happy? Because He gets happy. Why can we be sad? He gets sad. Not depressed. Grieved. But it doesn't incapacitate him. Right? His feelings are not never out of control. Right? Do you understand? It's not even a sin to be mad. If it was, God will have sinned a number of times. God gets mad. Hasn't he? Oh, man. And when God gets mad... Folk ought to be repenting. Did you hear me? I mean, when God gets mad, everybody ought to have their nose in the carpet. Right? Because if things don't change, judgment is next. But he's never out of control. He's never gotten mad and done a bunch of stuff and go, whoa, what did I do? I lost my temper. There used to be a planet Earth down there somewhere. Rick, I'm going to have to make another. Man, I wish I hadn't done that. God has never done Why? Because he's in control. And so should every human being be in control. There, you know, people talk about, well, I just got so mad. I just lost my head. And I said all those things. And I, I, I'm sorry, but I just wasn't in control. It's entirely your fault. Entirely. There's no such thing as somebody not responsible. They got so mad, they're not responsible. Yeah, they wish. No, no. You are entirely responsible because nobody has to yield to feelings and let them dominate them. You've heard me say this. It bears repetition. You know, you got men that beat on their wife. Slap their wife around, beat them up, bruise them, fracture bones, hurt their kids. 
And some of them times they talk about, well, I just, I got so mad. She just made me so mad that I just, you know, next thing I knew it, it, it had happened. And, and they act like they were kind of not even there. You take the same guy, put him beside a 300 pound linebacker. And no matter how mad he gets, some way or another, he's able to keep from slapping this guy around. Because he knows this guy will smush him like a bug. Now, people do what they can get away with. No, don't you, don't you believe the stuff about, well, it's got so mad, I just, I couldn't help it. Yeah, right. That's a big lie that you're believing. It's a convenient excuse for your terrible behavior. Now, if you've messed up bad, don't just live in condemnation. God will forgive you. Amen. He'll cleanse you. But first of all, you got to acknowledge the truth. The truth will make you free. The truth is you didn't have to do it. And that means you don't have to do it again. Oh, yeah, you might get mad, but you can control yourself. What the scripture say in Ephesians? Be angry and what? Be angry and sin not. So it's possible to be angry and not even sin. Right? It's possible to be very angry and not sin, but you've got to be in control. I know the, uh, I learned some things in, in a childhood when I was a little boy. you got time for all this. When I was a little boy, I used to get beat up at school. We're talking about elementary school. And I'd come in and, and nose bloody and, and lip busted. Finally, my dad said, boy, we've got to do something with you. He'd come in beat up and crying all the time. So he put me in a martial arts school when I was 10 then, 9 and 10. And this was old school. We practiced on cement floors, no pads. You couldn't lean up against the wall. You had to sit straight. And if you messed up two or three times, they'd come by and sweep your leg and put you on the floor real hard. You're supposed to say, thank you, sir. Because they're helping you. They're showing you what to do. But some of that helped me tremendously. For one thing, I, got, I started fighting in tournaments. And I'm practicing, and I was fighting this guy that was about, seemed like two feet taller than me. I'm just ten. And, uh, man, this guy got a kick in on me, and I felt like I was kicked by a mule. Later found out I had a fractured rib. I mean, he poured it to me. No pads, you understand. Cement floors. This guy was like, I think he was like, what was he, 13 or something? I was 10. Of course, that seems, seems big at the time. And, uh, boy, made me so mad. I got up, and you know, and you hear people talk about, boy, you'll make me mad. I'll tear you up. That means you're out of control. People who know how to fight will clean your plow. <laughs> And so I got up and I jumped up and I'm going, I'm going to make this up. You know, he kicked me too hard and I got kicked again and I got hit again and I got, finally I'm over there hurting, man, you know, and my instructor comes by. He said, he said, anger's your enemy. He said, mad you're out of control. He said, and you're letting the enemy know that he's making good progress. He said, if you're in good control, he can hit you with everything he's got. And even if it busts your lip, you go, 
Okay, come on. <laughs> and the guy's going, wow, that was my best kick. Discourages them. Yeah. They hit you with everything they got and you go, okay, let's go. Well, that works real good with the devil. Yeah. I said, that works real good with the devil. He's hit you with his best shot. Now, if you roll over on the floor and go, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, my nose is bleeding. Oh, my nose is bleeding. <laughs> then the devil goes, wow, I hardly hit him. This is going to be easy. Huh? But even, now you understand, I'm not talking about a physical fight here. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about when something slaps you. And it, and it hurts you and it gets to you or it makes you mad or it, it grieves and hurts your feelings. And you just roll over and go, oh, you know, I'm so pitiful. Y'all pray for me. It's so hard. It's so bad. Well, the devil is just eating this up. He's thinking this is wonderful. These guys are easy to whip. It's when he's hit you with your, his best shot. You're hurting, but you don't let him know it. Amen. You get up and you have to, you find your toothpicks. You remember what we do with them? Prop up the corners of your mouth. <laughs> and you go, that's nothing. That's nothing. The greater one lives on the inside of me. He's bigger than you. Amen. And I am already more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. He always causes me to triumph. Well, the Holy Ghost to help you with this. And you don't just develop in this overnight, but over the years... You know, the Lord will help you and you'll get in more control. Everybody say in control. In control of your feelings. In control of your emotions. That doesn't mean that you have none. It just means you know how much to express and how much not to. And you know what to act on and what not to act on. And you get to the place where you can be very angry and people not even know it. Because you're in control. Amen. But then there are other times when God's done something great for you and you can be very happy and people not even know it. That's not so good. There are things to express. The Lord asked me one time, well, let me finish reading this and then I'll say that. God laughs. Did you know that? Psalm 2.4 says, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. How many like to hear the Lord laugh? That'd be cool. God sings. Did you know he sings? Zephaniah 3.17 says, He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. God sings. How many like to have a CD of God's favorites? With God doing the vocals. One of these days we will get to hear this. Oh, this is exciting. One of these days everybody says, shh, shh, God's about to sing. God singing. Yes, sir. And he's going to sing, and we're going to go, ooh, ah, wow. Nobody sing like God. Huh? He sings. He laughs. He rejoices. He gets mad. He can be grieved. Is he expressive? He's not just stoic, stayed, indifferent. He's expressive. And the Lord asked me this one time. He said, did you notice, Keith, 
What kind of people I chose in the old covenant? What kind of people? I said, well, the, the seed of Abraham, Jewish people. I said, yeah. He said, did you notice what kind of people? I, I didn't get it for several times. What, I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. What kind? He said, they were and are expressive souls. That's the kind of people he chose. Expressive souls. They got mad. They'd tear their clothes, put ashes on their head, and howl. And you better watch out. They'd strap on their sword, and somebody's going to die that day. Expressive. And when they praise God, there are occasions that said they heard them miles away. Miles away. Some churches, you couldn't hear them in the parking lot. That's right. Miles away, the ground shook from the noise of these millions of God's covenant people praising God with a loud voice. Expressive souls. People say, yeah, but that's just not me. I'm, you know, Anglo, North American. And and when the Lord moves on me, I like to say, thank you, Jesus, but I mostly just feel it inside. Well, you know, we grew up ex-denomination. We grew up ex-denomination. We just don't do... Listen, you need to forget all that. Forget all that. Look in here. This is the way you do it. Amen. And when the Lord moves on you and heals your baby and pays your bills and do things for you, you don't sit in the seat and go, well... Lord, you know, no, no, no. You lift up your hands and you say, Lord, I bless you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with my, I love you. I serve you. I'm not embarrassed about you. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Don't care who sees me, hears me. You understand? Children should hear their parents praying and praising God. In, uh, they should hear them. They should hear them in their bedroom praising God. Out loud. Somebody say, out, out loud. Yes. Well, that's just not me. Well, you can change. Well, now, brother, that's just, no, we're not all like that. How do you think it is in heaven? How do you think it's going to be in heaven? Everybody's scared to move? Stoic state? Are you kidding? Such singing, such playing, such praising. Don't be afraid. Open your voice. You know, you, you have people who, who live and die. And they got loved ones close to them. They're around them. They think the world of them. Their daddy and their mama and their brothers and sisters or whatever. And they die and realize, I never told them I loved them. That's ridiculous. I said, that's ridiculous. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm a man. and I, No, you're a coward. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to do with being a man. Yeah. It's a weakness. Yeah. It takes strength to have all kind of feelings and pride and lay it aside and look at somebody and don't care what they think and say, man, I appreciate you. You mean something to me. Tell people. Tell them now. You don't know if you'll have them tomorrow. Do you? How do you know you're going to have them tomorrow? How do you know you're going to be here tomorrow? Be careful of pushing things off and delaying them indefinitely because life is very, very short. Tell people you appreciate them. Tell them you love them. Tell them you thank God for them. Tell them they're 
you know, they're smart. Tell them they did a good job. Amen. 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 Tell everybody say, tell them. And how much more aren't we to tell God? Tell God, tell him. Tell him. All these things as well. Well, tell, open your mouth and tell him how good he is to you. How wonderful he is to you. Won't you stand on your feet now? It'd be a good time right now to act on it, to tell him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. What a good God you are. Don't let somebody else do your praising for you. Now open your mouth. Say it out loud. Oh, God, you're a good God to me. Tell him. Praise him. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 So good to us. So good to us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your loving kindnesses. Thank you for your tender mercies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're the light of my life. You're my joy and my salvation. You're the peace that passes understanding. You're my good, 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 good God. Hallelujah. Oh, it's freedom. It helps you to be free in your soul and spirit. When everybody else is praising God, you praise God. Everybody else lifts their hands, you lift your hands. Everybody else sings, you sing. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.